And good morning, everyone, and welcome live in the studio to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, and I'm very excited to be welcoming the first in a series of educational programs and working with our very fabulous guest, John Shepherd. Thank you very much for coming on the show today, John. Thanks for having me, Alexi. Now, John, you are, of course, the Assistant Commissioner and Small Business... No, wait, let me say that again. Sm- <laughs> We were talking about whether or not this would fit on a business card. Assistant Commissioner for Small Business and Single Touch Payroll Program Lead with the ATO. Now, today's program is going to be all about Single Touch Payroll. It's new, it's happening, it's an exciting new development with the ATO. And I know from our discussions earlier that you're working intensively with industry groups, uh, with other areas of the government to get this rolled out and to get uh, small businesses in particular educated on what their requirements are. Now, speaking to small business around the place in my role as a bookkeeper, but also just um, just chatting to people about all these changes, is it really as um, as big and as full on as do people need to be scared in a word? I mean, how, how worried should people be as to whether or not they're going to get it right or how difficult it is? What's your feedback been from small business? Um, look, our feedback's been really positive for those, particularly those that have started reporting. Um, importantly, we've had um, a really positive start. Um, those that have 20 or more employees needed to start reporting from July. And um, I'm pleased to say we've got around 43,000 employers already reporting, covering something like 2.8 million employees. Well, that's um, a fantastic rollout, a real success. Yeah. Has it been a, a program of real education, getting out there, letting people know through your, your key people like your accountants and your bookkeepers, obviously, um, to inform people what their requirements are? Has that sort of been the system to, to educate? It's been a real combined effort. So the software developers themselves have had a really big campaign. Um, those products that are ready now have actually been rolling out training um, through partners, etc. Accountants, bookkeepers, as you've said, are, are really key people in this rollout as well. Mm. So, And we've also been out with a number of webinars um, and live streams and different things, and we've got lots of good material on our website for people to have a look at. I do have to say that is something that the ATO has made a huge improvement in the last, in the last six to 12 months is there are... There are so many different ways and touch points that you can get hold of the ATO. I was particularly impressed with um, a, a number of months ago, you rolled out the ability for small businesses to make an appointment um, and set a time when they would like a call back because you began to, you've obviously understood that we all work until stupid o'clock in the evening to get to get everything done. And that's been a fabulous development. You've obviously Ask Alex, which is a helpful way of navigating your way around the system. And I think the overhaul of the ATO website um, has been a really positive uh, educational way of getting the information out there because it's easier to, to search for what you need. And there's videos and there's a whole small business education section of the website, which is really helpful. Yeah, we've come a long way since tax pack, haven't we? Yeah. Actually, um, I <laughs> saw something celebrate the, the old tax pack the other oh day. But, um, but, and then in through social channels as well. So clearly, you know, we do a lot mm. more too through things like LinkedIn um, and Facebook and, and things like that to get a message out as well. So, mm. but you're right, we're doing a lot of video and live stream and webcast and different ways. Um, podcast, the ATO's got its own podcast channel now as well, Tax Invoice. So yeah, we know that people want to pick up information when they're on the run mm. and, and often that's when they're in their car on their way to their business. So That's right. And, and let's, let, I mean, the, the reality is the absolute majority of small businesses want to do the right thing. Uh, they want to get themselves educated. They want to be doing the right thing, not only by themselves, but also for their employees. And that's what a lot of this single touch payroll rollout is about. Could you explain to me 
the importance of well why is it that the ATO is doing this essentially and why is legislation come into place what problem are you trying to solve um, look, so this is something that's um, real-time re- in reporting from payroll has been around for a while. It's something that um, the UK did through their real-time information system a few years ago. And there's a number of reasons for it. Certainly the first one is actually trying to look at reporting through natural business process. So recognising that imp- you know, a really key part of any business um, is paying staff and often they have systems there to actually support that process. And so rather than coming back and reporting to us at the end of the year through the payment summary annual report um, and, you know, having to come up with those figures from scratch each time when they do their activity statement, we think we can lev- we've, we've built a process to leverage that through the natural business process of payroll mm. in effect. So certainly the first one is to streamline um, that experience and move away from rigid um, forms that have to be you know, done at the end of the year and chasing people with payment summaries. Um, you mentioned employees. There's some really important benefits here for employees. So um, one of the things that happens at the moment as a, a salary and wage earner is that you get your payment summary or some still call a group certificate at the end of the year and you put that into your tax return or you pre-fill it into your tax return. And then in some cases, everyone's most people are expecting a refund. Mm. In some cases, people end up with a surprise debt. So it's, it's kind of that bill shock. And, you know, some that could be because you're working two jobs and you've claimed two tax-free thresholds, not knowing that you shouldn't do that. Um, it could be because you've got a higher education loan that's coming due because you've crossed a threshold. Um, bottom line is, um, through things like single-touch payroll, with that visibility each payday of year-to-date um, tax amounts being paid and year-to-date salary and wages, we'll be able to actually give people a heads-up early in the year to let them know that they're heading towards a debt and that they can do something about it by increasing their withholding, for example. Or, or, or highlighting the fact that they do have, clearly, because of the way that you can see the calculations are working, they have claimed the tax-free threshold against yes. two employees. What is going to be the response from the ATO in those sort of situations? Obviously, um, I imagine a, a softly, softly approach to begin with, just to inform oh, Absolutely. People. So we're not changing, um, and it's not going to mandate that change to withholding. It's more to be um, helpful and say to people, hey, you, you just... People, most people don't want to end up with a debt. In most cases, that's a surprise when they do. Mm, mm. Um, the other key one for an individual as well is the super guarantee. And so certainly one big part of the way the government, when the government announced the extension of single-touch payroll to smaller employers with those 19 or fewer, it's part of um, a super guarantee integrity package and really aiming to target the $2.8 billion estimated super guarantee gap um, each year. Uh, which is a substantial amount of money. Um, and at the moment, the issue is that we just don't have visibility of unpaid super. In a lot of cases, employees are just not well-educated or or not motivated even necessarily around their super until they discover that it hasn't been paid for a period of time. And often by the time they do that and come to us for help, um, that business has no longer got the money to pay that back and that's the employee that gets dudded at the end of the day. That's right. And I think it's a, I think we've all been in that position as employees where... We don't monitor what's going into our super. There is a lot of trust there to assume that the right amount of super is being paid on time. Um, and I think that that's, that's probably where that $2.8 billion shortfall is coming from. Absolutely. And not only that, I think, you know, and probably rightly so, people think what's on their pay slip is actually getting paid each payday to the super fund, not realising that the employer doesn't have to pay that and only has to pay that each quarter. Mm. A lot of employers choose to pay monthly, but, you know, um, even still, 
Um, you know, people think their super's tracking away because they can see it listed on their payslip, but that doesn't mean it's actually going into their account. That's not going to change, though. It's still only a quarterly requirement. That's right. But okay. what the, what this gives us is visibility. So at the moment, that that is actually the it's an important point. So that is the only new field that's been reported to the ATO as part of single touch payroll. That's the super liability. So the employer needs to tell us each payday, not just the salary and wage amounts and tax amounts, but also the super guarantee liability. And then we're getting more frequent reporting from the super funds. Um, currently, we get that reporting once a year on contributions. We'll get reporting within 10 days of each trans- each um, contribution amount going in, and that'll allow us to bring visibility and start to follow up much closer to real time with those employers who, who have missed a payment. Um, and again, get, a, get ahead of that and say to people, hey, um, give them a nudge to say your super is due. Um, you might want to actually uh, make sure you get it paid. And so that's one of the, the main aims for this single touch payroll rollout is to help with the data matching. And I think there's a lot of concern out there with, well, what is it that the ATO can see? Has that been legislated? Is there anything they're going to try and find out about me that they they don't have or should not have access to? Can you give people a little bit of reassurance around that whole data matching concept? Um, absolutely. And, and probably important message to start with is the first year of single touch payroll reporting is a transition year. And, and specifically, we've said there's no penalties for that first year. Um, it's really about settling in and helping people make this change. We recognise that it's a fairly significant change to payroll. Some have said in the industry it's the biggest change in 50 years to the payroll process. Um, so we want to make sure that people have a good experience when they start reporting and we're providing help and assistance and they're not fearful of making a mistake in that reporting. So I, I certainly would assure people of that. Um, our interventions will be quite careful and considered. Um, we'll, we've got a lot to learn um, as the ATO and as government on something that's quite different to traditional tax form reporting. Um, you know, we're used to forms that um, get completed often go through a BAS agent or tax agent for assistance um, and a reconcile before they actually get sent off to the office. With single touch payroll being reporting every week or fortnight or month, depending on your pay cycle, um, we understand that they're not going to go through just as rigorous, they don't need to go through just as rigorous a process because we accept there's quite a flexible corrections framework and we know that errors happen in payroll all the time. Um, there's actually corrections that are flowing through, there's underpayments, there's overpayments. They get usually fixed up in the next pay period and that's when they'll be reported to us as new year-to-date amounts. So there's a lot to learn from the ATO in using that kind of data and not overreacting to it. So we're very we're going to be very considered and careful, um, particularly through learning this next 12 months, what that means and our data matching and analytics programs um, we won't be really gearing those up in a big way at all until we understand things a bit better mm. and understand what, what is a true discrepancy and what's just something that's going to fix itself up. That's what, that was one of the things that I, I was going to say I do like about single-touch payroll is that um, it's, a, it's a moving beast. So although you might have one uh, pay run that you've, you've lodged, oh, damn, I made a mistake, I've got to do it again, it's going to be picked up because it's the year-to-date figures that are those are important ones. And I, I like your reassurance about the fact that those any big fluctuations are not going to suddenly raise a red flag and mean that you're going to get a call from the ATO saying, hey, hang on a second, why is it that that's changed and moved around so much? Because there are those fluctuations in the everyday bookkeeping of 
of, of just the payroll, the nature of payroll, as he said. And I hear those stories all the time. So when I go out talking a lot to business, a lot to talking to accountants and bookkeepers, and the one thing that keeps coming up is people say, oh, well, there's something funny or peculiar in my payroll, which when we're reported to you, mm. you're going to think I'm doing something wrong and you're going to think that keeps coming up is people say, oh, well, there's something funny or peculiar in my payroll, which when we're reported to you, mm. you're going to think I'm doing something wrong and you're going to pull me up on it. And, and so that message, um, you know, has been well received because, you know, every payroll has its anomalies. People do different things in their payroll process. It's not, as I said, a traditional tax reporting. And we've really had to rethink a number of things around that, um, including things like declarations and authorisations as well. I thought it might be interesting to talk today a little bit about demystifying of the process, because um, I know speaking to small businesses, they think that the ATO is the one that makes the decisions about legislation and even timing and when things happen. Could you just explain in a really simplified way who is it who makes these decisions? How does it trickle down through the ATO? And then how does it trickle all the way down to small business in the way that your perhaps your customer service representatives are speaking to small business? Sure. So, look, yeah, it is absolutely um, a single-touch payroll um, is a government initiative. So the government... Federal. Has made, yeah, the federal mm. government. So the federal government's made a decision um, to proceed in the first instance, as I mentioned, with single-touch payroll for um, what we call substantial employers, those with 20 or more employees. Mm-hmm. And that was legislated. Um, where are we now, back um, last year in terms of, actually the year before last, um, in terms of an omnibus bill that went through. Mm -hmm. um, The ATO is then asked to actually implement um, that legislation and we have things like communications programs and provide a whole lot of support content. Um, Importantly, with Single Touch Payroll, we spend a lot of time um, and people probably heard about it for a long time thinking, you know, how long is this going to take? Um, working with industry to design it, so making sure that we did live to that point of it being a natural business process. Mm-hmm. We recognise that um, reporting, you know, 52 or 26 times a year could be burdensome if it's actually not well designed. So we've made sure and people have kept us honest around making sure it is there isn't anything onerous or new in there, that it's actually part of just doing your pay. So we do a whole lot of work around that um, and um, and work to a date. Um, the small business extension was announced last year by government, so that was part, as I mentioned, of a super guarantee package. Um, the government um, had a, um, a cross-agency committee looking at strategies to improve the super guarantee payment um, or, or reduce non-payment of super guarantee and deal with that problem. One of the recommendations from that committee was to extend single-touch payroll to all employers. Um, so the government looked at that report, made an announcement that they were intending to do that, um, and for that would start from 1 July 2019, which is obviously next year. Um, and then it gets on a legislative program. So law needs to be drafted, um, the law changes that are required to bring that about. In the case of single-touch payroll, there's not a lot of change required. Because we it's di- just a reporting. It's yeah. building on what we already had, but mm. also the, one, one of the things that, again, I like say it's 2019, which is obviously next year. Um, and then it gets on a legislative program. So law needs to be drafted, um, the law changes that are required to bring that about. In the case of single-touch payroll, there's not a lot of change required. Because we it's di- just a reporting. It's yeah. building on what we already had, but mm. also the, the, one, one of the things that, again, I like say it's streamlining of the law. There's a headcount in the current law that says on the 1st of April you need to count if you've got 20 or more employees. If you do, you have to report from July. Um, in in extending to smaller businesses, they're able to remove that headcount from the law. So that's one of the changes that will go through. Then it's got to go through into the you know the parliamentary process, House of Reps, into the Senate. 
um, and that's where that piece of law is at the moment. So it's still before Parliament. Um, we've got an announced date, but at the moment just waiting for that to, to, to um, be considered by Parliament, see whether there's any changes to it, and then we'll be asked again to go out and communicate more broadly. So um, on the small business one, we've actually um, have had a number of small business who have decided to start reporting. There's nothing to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't. There's no law required for them to start reporting under single-touch payroll, and we've already had something like 16,000 employ- um, small employers who have opted in because their software was available. So there's a few bits to it. We've also been out. We also have, have, have spent a lot of time the last couple of years working with all the software providers to make sure the products are updated to support this reporting as well. And so that's why the two-year lead time is so important for you, obviously, between when the, it's legislated or even the, the thought process of legislating it and making sure that we don't end up with these big rollouts that turn into little teeny-weeny ad hoc steps because that's the danger, isn't it, that small business might know about the major change but then not know any incremental changes after that that do affect them. Um, so how do you suggest people find out the best way to find out and keep a finger on the pulse for all of these uh, changes that affect small business in relation to the ATO? What's the best way of really keeping an eye on those things? Look, there's a number of ways. Um, one is the small business newsroom, um, which I know we get really good feedback on. There's actually, um, you know, you can subscribe basically there to, to receive the small business newsletter. A really easy to read newsletters, by it the is, way. Apparent, they're really, yeah. they're really um, approachable and easy to read. It has yeah. a huge audience, um, that um, publication. So that's, that's one way, certainly keeping an eye on our website for SDP it's ato.gov um, forward slash STP. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, we're also writing to all um, employers who are affected by the changes. We did a mail out last year. Um, actually, we did a couple of mail outs. We did one quite early just to give people a heads up that this change was coming. Mm-hmm. And then we did another one earlier this year. Um, with smaller employers, we'll be doing the same thing. So we'll be sending out a letter to everyone to say, and, and not a traditional letter with a stamp, but um, mainly via email just to say to people that this change is coming and what you need to do to get ready. Our key message will continue to be um, work with your software provider. Um, certainly understand that for smaller businesses, a lot of a lot of very mock what we use um, Excel as their system. Some of people choice. just still use paper and pencil. Yeah, a bit of that. <laughs> so there's a variety of things, and and that's something that we've been working with industry on as well to look at what alternate reporting mechanisms we can come up with so that everyone's not forced to use payroll software. So mm. so there's a range of things there. Importantly, we're looking at how do we how do we make sure that's a low cost process and that it isn't that it isn't um, going to cost people a lot to actually start STP reporting. And and so the bottom line from that is really if you are receiving communication from uh, a body such as the ATO, it is it is education. It's about trying to help you do better business and make sure that you're um, doing the right thing and, and you're not you're not doing the wrong thing by your employees or by yourself as well. So keep an eye on those pieces of documents and make sure, because I do notice quite a lot of times businesses have incorrect addresses with the ATO. Make sure that your mailing address, your email address, your points of communication with the ATO are up to date. Yeah, absolutely. And, and certainly, you know, look to your trusted advisors, your accountants, your bookkeepers. Mm. They'll play a really big part, particularly in this, you know, broadening to smaller businesses. We acknowledge there's a lot of small small employers out there um, who, who will be coming across to STP over the next couple of years. And, and that will need to be staggered and sensible. And again, um, probably one of the biggest things we learnt through the bringing on of 20 or more is flexibility around the date. Um, we had a lot of flexibility because um, very large payrolls have very complex processes and systems and therefore needed longer lead times to get ready. Mm. Um, some of the smaller businesses um, who had software found it quite easy to switch over. So there's a real variety of um, starting points for business and we need to be quite flexible and have been about when people um, start their reporting. 
Excellent. Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters and come back after the break here. We have John Shepherd from the ATO explaining to our listeners all about single-touch payroll and the impact that it has on a small businesses. You're listening to Triple H. We'll be back after this. So today we have uh, John Shepherd, who is um, from the ATO, talking all about the big change that is coming or has started to be rolled out for businesses, uh, which is single-touch payroll. Now, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, how the ATO is working with small businesses to educate them and and to roll this out and make sure that you've got all the information that you need um, to make sure that you're, you're, you're correct and you're compliant with what's required. There are a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, I don't think anybody would argue with that, but there are good reasons why STP is being rolled out. And the, and the most important one, of course, is making sure that employees are looked after, that, um, that the ATO is aware of what's happening with various employment situations and also to make sure that you're paying super on time and I know there's a lot of small business listeners out there who are saying look I I do pay super on time but there's also a lot of you who don't so that is more about your liability that you uh, hold for your employees we need to think about that money not being ours but actually part of the package of employment really John And, and that's what that's what this is all about it's about making sure that all the stakeholders in a business not just the owner are looked after. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, the big complaint we get from smaller businesses on this is, you know, they're paying all their entitlements and the guy down the road, though, they know people down the road who aren't or mm. their stories about people who don't pay super or aren't doing the correct withholding or, you know, getting a getting an easier ride and mm. they're not competing then on a level playing field. So yeah, and, and exactly making it making it a fair um, contest, I guess, I guess yeah. when it comes to making sure you're meeting all those requirements. I think what's interesting here is that you've worked very hard with software companies to make it as easy as possible. Um, in my mind, when I think of the the steps and what the, the action steps are that businesses have to take to make this, roll this out, it's not much different from just issuing payslips. Am I right? Is it really that simplistic? If you've got the software in place, it's just going to talk to the ATO and send all the information with every pay run. Um, there's a couple of changes. You, you are right. So the design has been looked at in that way. So and I've seen some of the screens, obviously, and how they work. And there's just a slide add-on there. It's single touch. So there's that extra submission step. Um, there are a couple of things you need to be aware of. So um, firstly, um, particularly with a lot of the products, we're using um, some of the cloud-based um, accounting products. You've got to do an upfront notification to the ATO of a software ID. So you can either do that through, through what we call Access Manager or you can actually call our call centre and actually provide that um, software ID through to the ATO. That's a one-off notification, mm. which actually says that your software will be sending your reports through. But then again, not hard. Not it's hard. not difficult. No, like, not difficult. Just uh, a one-off. It's just yeah. something that people sometimes forget. They jump on it. It's so easy to start reporting. They just jump on and start reporting. That's right. And but then, the good software companies will make sure that they do set that all up properly. And I, I think I believe that they're actually requesting numbers to yeah. come back. So it's a single phone call. Yes. And I imagine... No, no wait times on those. No, phone calls? no, it's pretty good. No, so we've got a pretty awesome. streamlined process. We've also streamlined for BAS and tax agents to be able to provide that on employee mm. employers' behalf as well when mm. they start reporting. So certainly, um, that's one thing to be mindful of. I think the other one is. Um, making sure, and I mentioned cloud-based products, but a lot of people still, there's a bunch of people who are still using desktop um, accounting products or payroll products, um, need to be mindful that you can't submit these STP reports in, in the way you currently do your payment summary in your report. 
which is an upload through our portal. Mm. That that technology is kind of old technology. Um, you now need to have a direct connection either through a through your payroll product or through a third party to be able to send that data to the ATO. So that is a key change, mm. and that's what it will allow um, that data to be sent each payday. It's more systems talking to systems, and it also allows then the messages, any confirmation message to come back to your software as well. So so those, are, those of us who are using uh, desktop-based software up until this point that doesn't have any online communication with the ATO, for example, uh, there are add-ons that, that people can purchase, which are pieces of software that, I guess, Absolutely. connect in Absolutely. and then so they communicate to the that's ATO. That's correct. So there's different ways. So if you work with your each of the payroll products, will have a slightly different way of achieving that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important that you communicate with them about how they plan to bring you onto STP. Um, and work with them. In some cases, they're providing those add-ons. In some cases, they might send you to an, a list of third-party providers who can do that in your behalf as well. And is there a, a, a notification that we should be looking for, a stamp or a logo that says STP ready? Are they um, allowed to use that without yeah, actually being ready? Um, no, there is some agreed t- terms, and one of those is STP ready. They do need to go through rigorous testing processes Great. to make sure their software can connect to us, and there's also a very robust security framework that sits around all of this, and they need to go through... Um, some fairly rigorous assessments to actually get um, approved to be able to connect to ATO systems. So, And there's obviously a lot of industry-specific software that people use. So um, if you're not sure, check with your accountant or your bookkeeper and also maybe check with your professional association because if they're the ones recommending this software, they're going to make sure that, that that's got that approval and it's all good to go. I guess the worst-case scenario is you don't want to be thinking that you're doing the right thing and you're sending all this data off and it's not reaching the ATO? Is yeah, it maybe ab- worth double-checking? No, or? absolutely. Just make As I said, most of the major products are now ready um, and they've got a bunch of material on their website um, on that in that regard. Um, so there's something like over 100 products that are ready. Um, a couple of the larger ones are very close mm. um, to be ready, but for your small business audience, um, all of the products you would recognise have products available and are, are rolling those out at the moment. Could I ask with the relation to STP, um, it's really just a reporting mechanism, but does this come under the self-assessment banner? Like, is this something that's considered something that you are responsible for as a business to send the data to the ATO? Is it one of those? Um, Absolutely. So, Mm. yeah, you do have an obligation. There's a new obligation in the STP law to do that sending every payday. The date is the date on which you pay your staff Mm -hmm. is the new due date for submitting that. So, yeah, it's really... And there isn't a lot of new data in there from what you would currently do in your payment summary in your report. Mm. Um, But importantly, it's more frequent. And as we said, for each employee, it's year-to-date amounts. Exactly. And I would like to mention as well, you, you spoke earlier about the fact that we're all used to um, uh, advising the ATO and our BASs with our, our wages and salaries and our pay-as-you-go withholding, but we haven't been telling people, or we haven't been telling the ATO on that frequency about super, but that's one of the things that needs to be included. So the super liability is the new amount mm-hmm. and also the fact that we're getting employee-level data every payday, which we only get that once a year now, right? So when you do your BAS, you only give us the, your rolled-up employer-level amounts. You don't take it down to an employee level. So so let's talk about those numbers because I think that that, that whole... Whenever we put a, a threshold or a number on things, people do get a little bit confused. Um, can I give you a couple of examples of employees, employers that I know of that might think, mm, I'm not sure if I fall under this. So take, for example, people who use a lot of talent in the say, film and television industry, um, they're already aware that they need to bring these people on as employees yeah. uh, onto their payroll system, but they're only using them once in a year. Those levels are going to fluctuate quite a lot. How can they determine 
whether or not they're supposed to be using single-touch payroll if it moves yep. around so much. So um, I mentioned earlier the headcount date, so the mm-hmm. 1st of April um, each year. And again, I'll talk about the existing legislation because the extension to small business isn't legislated. So right. let's put that to one side. Um, in the current law, there's a headcount date on the 1st of April where you count your employees and determine whether or not you have 20 or more. Mm-hmm. Um, for casual employees, what we've struck is that um, you count those casual employees that you've had working or paid in the month of um, leading up to 1st of April, so the month of March. Mm-hmm. If they didn't work in the month of March, they're therefore not counted in your headcount. Um, and if that takes you under, so you're under 20, you don't therefore need to report under STP. You can opt in, but you're not required to report. So we tried to be pretty pragmatic about that. If, though, that period of March was an absolute peak period for mm. you, and let's say the example we got was the Easter show. Yes, I was thinking anything to do with Easter. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the Easter show and you've got all your employees come on just for that event. Yeah. So um, you struck it lucky and you got... 30 employees just around that weekend of 1st of April, um, we would say that you could, under um, the rules we struck, you could actually apply for an exemption because that was the only period of the year where you had 20 or more and it was just unlucky. So, How hard is it to apply for an exemption? Quite straightforward. So there's an exemption form on our website. You would just fill in and say, well, I only had 20. I only had them for that weekend. Um, Could I... Could you do it over the phone? Does it have to be a form? Um, It is a form, I think, on our website and it's pretty easy to fill in though. Um, So it's quite straightforward and and that would be um, quite a straightforward process. It's basically um, um, actually, I should, I should change that. Actually, I actually, I think actually where we ended with the exemption on that was it's self-assessed. Right. So it's basically you don't even need to send it in. Yeah, so you awesome. basically do your count, keep your record of what you had. You don't even need to send it to us. But the process is laid out on our website. So And there's a magic word you just used there, record. Yes. That is so important that whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're using cloud-based or any software or no mm. software at all, you've got to have some sort of a record that can be used as evidence for X number of employees that you had at this time, whereas compared yeah, to... Yeah, so how was it you came to that decision that you weren't required to report? Mm-hmm. Just keep a record of that with your other records and, and you've got no problems at all. Having said that, though, as you keep mentioning, and as I'm going to keep saying this as well because I really don't think it's it's that difficult a hurdle if you've got the systems in place, opting in means that uh, the ATO is almost beginning to learn the fluctuations that happen with your business and your industry anyway. Um, and so it's not such a big shock to the system when later on you're forced to do it because it's legislated. It's yeah, almost, no, absolutely. Yeah. And look, it, it is designed to be quite simple and it's designed to give benefits over time. So I mentioned the um, one of the things is you don't need to provide payment summaries to your employer, employees at the end, at the of, end the of the year. At the end of the year. It's such a busy time anyway. Um, we, yeah. we will, over time, though, the government will be looking to how they use that data to, to replace other reporting obligations. So clearly every business goes through all these different statistical surveys um, we are talking about earlier. Um, there's things like the Department of Social Security come out and check um, or ask you to provide income statements for certain people. There's things like termination statements that need to be provided. All of those things we think over time at single touch payroll can start to be used towards those mm-hmm. and just start to strip away some of the burden. And I think the holy grail for some for those bigger small businesses is payroll taxes. If we could actually do something around making that process easier as well, mm. um, that's certainly not you know something we might head to um, in the future. To working with other government departments to make sure that those things are, are accurately yeah. reported as well. And you, and you give your employees that great experience of having, you know, not having the bill shock at the end of the year, mm. making, you know, getting confidence their super's been paid. I haven't talked much about where we display the data. Um, that will be displayed as part of ATI Online in MyGov. And so, um, again, there's probably a few misnomers around MyGov for those that haven't been there for a while. It was, you know, early on, people found it a bit hard to use. You had to have a unique number that you actually um, 
had to put aside and key in each time you used it, that's changed. You can use your email address now. The actual layout and usability has, has improved a lot with feedback over time. So, mm. and, you, and there's a bunch of different government services that people access through MyGov. So we'll be displaying all of that data as it's reported by the employers. That salary and wage information, tax information, the super information will be displayed in MyGov and visible then to the employees. Um, importantly, you know, the employer um, also gets a view in the tax agent um, of their a summary of their submissions, but importantly, the the source of truth for that data is still the employer software. Um, and until next time you report, um, we recognise, as I said, that that may have changed. So, let's talk a little bit about the uh, obviously these. We've talked a lot about the employers' obligations, what they have to do. Um, but I think um, it's important. Whose responsibility is it to tell the employees? that they need to have, because this is one of the things that it's a must. Employees now must have a MyGov account in order to access that information because payment summaries are going to be phased out and the only way they're going to get that information for the purposes of their own tax is to have a MyGov account. Or through a tax agent. So, so again, I I do get asked that question, are you going to mandate MyGov for individuals because lots of people still don't have an account? Yes. Um, We can't... There's no law that says your employees have to get a MyGov account. Um, Basically, if they want to access their, and as you said, their what we would now call income statement, um, previously called a payment summary, going back 20 years it was called a group, group certificate, but everyone still calls it that. <laughs> I love that, the fact that it's still called a group certificate <laughs> after 20 years, and I keep saying we're finally getting rid of the group certificate. It's all because we're, we're so used to having uni jobs and yeah. running around to all our different employees well, and even, asking for group certificates. Even some of the younger employees that have started in our organisation still call them group certificates, so it's been passed on from generation <laughs> to generation. But um, no, so we won't force that. Um, the data will, will still be available through pre-fill whether you do your own, if you do your own tax return, in mm. my tax, you have to have a MyGov account to do that. But if you use a tax agent, um, the pre-fill will still come through from STP. And the tax agent can access that information. Yeah, yeah. so you know, I think, that, again, it's one of those misnomers, I suppose. people. A lot of people like to print off their payment summary, but just think about last time you needed it to use it for something. Um, it might Maybe if you had a bank loan or, or things like that, they might ask for proof of income. Um, and again, you'll be able to print that off. So if you want to get a copy of that, yes, you'll have to get a MyGov account to print that off. Mm-hmm. Um, but in most cases, people will get their tax um, and income data through prefill. Excellent. Look, we're just going to take another quick break here on Small Biz Matters. When we come back after this, I'd like to talk to you about um, that data and how secure it is and whether people should have any concerns. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. We are in the studio today with John Shepherd from the ATO who's talking all things single-touch payroll. Now, just before the break... We were talking a little bit about the process and working out and determining how many employees you have, uh, at what point you need to work that out, and the process of reporting this information on a cyclical basis. And I think one thing that people need to understand is the cycle of this is not quarterly. It's not BAS, but it's actually per pay run. So if you are paying your employees weekly, this is the information you're going to be giving out weekly. And that the it's uh, a cumulative, I guess, for want of a better word. It's the year-to-date figures, really, that the ATO are focusing on. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's right. And look, I think, um, as I've said a couple of times, with the legislation still to go through for smaller businesses, we have been looking at some practical ways, particularly for those micro-businesses, could report this information, and that might include, you know, some transitional arrangements as well. So, importantly, um, we recognise for some who don't have um, systems that a shift to payday reporting is a big change. So, we have been working with some stakeholders around some ideas that that might help them transition there over time. When you say you're speaking to stakeholders, is that 
professional associations in industries that typically do that? Absolutely. Bookkeepers, you know, mm. um, accountants, bookkeepers who really deal with these kind of things all the time. So we've got a, quite a, a clear picture of reality um, in terms of how some of those businesses operate and yeah. the fact they come and you know, effectively with their shoebox once a quarter to do their baths. Um, so this is a big change. So we're, we're working also carefully through ways that we could transition people like that over time. Yeah. And that would be supported, you know, by that kind of process that they, where they go to their accountant or bookkeeper perhaps. Is there a firm deadline for those people who are listening to this and going, I haven't got anything in place. I do pay my employees. I do pay super. I'm doing all that properly. Yeah but I don't really have a cyclical proper way of doing pay. Um, is there a deadline that those people need to work to? Um, look, not a deadline because we haven't got the law. So, I th you know, we're, although we've got an announcement, until we see some legislation that actually lays out this requirement and the clear dates, mm. um, there isn't really a deadline. Um, I think it's something to be mindful of, but um, not to panic about at this stage. Just wait and see how that lays out. But keep an eye on keep the, an the eye out. website. We'll, we'll write yeah. out to people once this actually does get legislation. Mm. We'll write out with some very clear instruction about what you should consider and do next and, and what the best steps are and what the options are, because importantly, we're looking at options for micro businesses, not just payroll software, as I said and that will include some kind of easy and simple and cheap ways to get this data in too. So let's talk about um, those micro-businesses and, uh, and, and data concerns because a lot of people, uh, both employees and employers, might be saying, look, I don't want this data shared. I don't want this information going more regularly to the ATO um, because I'm worried about how my data is going to be treated. Um, what, 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 how, what could you say to just allay those people's concern? Where is the data and where, where is it sitting and is it safe? Um, look, so it's provided, it's reported into the ATO. Um, as I mentioned, we've got some very, we've done some very rigorous security assessments from an end-to-end -end perspective from the software right through to the ATO process to make sure that that is secure. Um, we're, we're, got, we're bound by some very strict privacy laws about where, how that data can be shared with mm -hmm. other agencies. Um, there's not much change actually happening to those other than some of those agencies who get data from the ATO currently. Um, for example, Centrelink, um, we would look over time to how we could provide that data more frequently, um, again, to achieve you know, outcomes for employees of not getting overpaid benefits, which is a really key thing. One of the broad things I was going to ask about as well, it sounds as though the data is coming into the ATO. You're getting data from employers. You're getting data from the super companies. Um, it, it's more that there's incoming data rather than outgoing. Would, would that be a really um, Certainly a lot of that data is for tax purpose, tax mm. and super purposes, so therefore is actually looked after very closely by the ATO and guarded very closely. Um, there are um, legislative, um, the ability for us to share that data with certain agencies, but that's very tightly bound and very carefully managed about what's shared and how often it's shared and at what level of detail. So um, those things um, haven't shifted because of STP. Those tight kind of guidelines are still there, basically. And for us to get changes to though, we've we've tend to have got to go and get the legislative change in a lot of cases to make that happen. When you're talking about sharing that data with other agencies, for example, yeah, if it goes outside of the current you know current agencies that we're sharing with, and, and there's not a lot of agencies that actually can get tax data um, at the moment. That is all fairly tight. That's good. Uh, one thing I would say is that I know that a number of um, of the software companies are instigating something called two-step authentication. Now, just from someone who works a lot with admin and bookkeeping with businesses, anybody listening out there, I would strongly encourage turning on two-step authentication, not just for your uh, instigating something called two-step authentication. Now, just from someone who works a lot with admin and bookkeeping with businesses, 
anybody listening out there, I would strongly encourage turning on two-step authentication, not just for your accounting software, uh, but in fact anything that has uh, your sensitive data in it. So those of you who are listening, have a think about the last time you received information from your accountant. Was it in an email? Was your entire tax document attached to that email? If so, your email should be double secured with a two-step authenticator into your phone. Just remember how much data of yours, personal data, is on your phone. And also think about the data that you hold for your employees as well. Um, My golden rule is anything that has a tax file number, a date of birth, a name and an address, or any or all of those pieces of information combined should be somewhere that has a double security wall. And, and obviously we can't be 100% secure, but two-step authentication is a great first step. Yeah, and that's not just about SDP, of course. That's, mm. that's something we're seeing a general step up in because of things like fraudulent attacks and things that people are experiencing. So STP doesn't change that, absolutely. So whether your data is at rest you know, on your desktop computer, you need to have some kind of security over it, obviously. Mm, exactly. And it's not just a, a simple matter of having a password on your laptop. You need to strengthen that a little bit more because uh, we as employers uh, have that obligation, don't we, to keep the data that we hold of, of our employees safe. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely right. Let's talk about, about um, the... So we've talked about the process step-by-step step on how to determine whether or not single-touch payroll applies to you now. Um, once it's 19 or fewer employees, what's the deadline at the moment for the start date? Um, so, as I said, there's no real deadline. There's an announcement from government, which was 1 July 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but until we see legislation... Let's just let's just see where when that comes out. But um, there is the option to opt in. But yep. there was always the option for any employer to start reporting as soon as they've got software that's enabled. Once you opt in, you can't opt out though. Um, no, you can. Oh. Um, I think if you're under under nineteen, oh. under nineteen or fewer, yeah, you can you can um, stop and still go. You go back to the old system though, which is provision of payment summaries, etc. So. Um, there is that that flexibility still, but um, you know you, know, you can 't be compelled because the law can 't compel you to if you 're under nineteen Understood. nineteen off you at the moment so and talking about end of year finalization, so obviously, as we mentioned, you go along sometimes you you make changes to pay runs, you make changes to uh, but sometimes accountants come in at the end of the year and say oh we 're going to make this large change. Um, how does that work for the end of the year information, which would normally be picked up by a payment summary? Yep. So there's an end of year finalisation service in your software, um, which connects back into the ATO to say, we need to make a change. Um, we found this er- um, error or discrepancy at the end of the year. We want to you know, add to this employee, that employee. Um, it might be that you want to put your FBT in at the end of the year. That's okay. That doesn't have to happen every payday and it doesn't in a normal business process. Mm. Um, salary sacrifice amounts to go on the, normally into your payment summary. They can all be added through that finalisation service at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And importantly, until you send us that finalisation event, um, we can't release your um, employee's income details into their tax return. So that's the equivalent of sending your payment summary. You send in that finalisation event and then that allows us to release that data for pre-fill. And if there hasn't been any changes or you don't need to make any amendments, it is just literally flicking a switch and going, OK, I'm done. We're done. Yep. And, and that might be on the last pay. When you do your last pay, you might then send all your finalisation events and say they're all done and, and therefore, you know, just on the end of the year, all of those payment, all of those income statements are actually available then to your employees. Could I ask, is there an an obligation for employers to tell their employees that they're doing single-touch payroll? Um, not, not so much an obligation um, on them. Um, that is, I think we're, we're providing lots of good information out and fact sheets and things there for employees. 
So I would encourage employers to actually, you know, share that information on. Mm. But importantly, um, at the moment, um, there isn't a lot for employees to see still as we're kind of ramping this up. And, and what we've said to employers is to kind of pick the best time when, it, when, when they've started reporting and got this up and running, then it's a good time to start sharing that information with their employees. Mm, just as, as in terms of this is the new reporting mechanism that I'm doing, yep. this is the ATO and this is what they've said that I must do. Um, if you have any concerns, let me know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and at the end of the year, don't, and I think, you know, one of the things we've said is um, we might just need a bit more communication at the end of each financial year for the next 10 years to say, hey, you're not going to get your payment summary from your employer because I think each year that's so ingrained in people to come and grab their payment well, summary. Well, if people are still employer. using the words group certificate, yeah. then yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, clearly so, a bit of a process thing. So that I say to people, you, we'll tell them once and they'll remember, right? And they all look at me and go, no. No, no. That's not the case. <laughs> in the real world. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, I think um, the last question I just wanted to ask you was about um, the, the, the real ground level guys at the ATO who deal in the call centre and talk to employees and employers' concerns, um, they're obviously fully across this and when people ring up and say, what do I do, there's going to be someone really helpful on the end of the line because I think that person-to-person contact is what the ATO is definitely improving on. Yeah. Um, is that something that's going to continue for single-touch payroll? Is there a dedicated single-touch payroll um, not line? A, not a dedicated line. So you just come through the normal numbers and you'll get routed to somebody who can talk help you with your single-touch payroll um, questions. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we've, we've worked with them to make sure we've got good level of information and that's updated all the time with the latest tips and traps or, you know, what are some of the issues that people are having where we see a problem. So... Mm. Um, you're right, our call centre people are fantastic. And mm. um, if there's something that gets too hard or, or really complicated, it'll get escalated to an expert who can then get back to your, back to the employer with some more detailed information. So so apart from the call centre, could you just take me through where the best touch points are, where people can find out more information about um, this rollout? Um, first one we always say is through your software provider. They have some very dedicated and great information, um, usually on their websites, um, particular to your product and where it's up to and when what their rollout looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's our website, which is you know ato.gov.au forward slash stp. There's some great fact sheets and videos too. Videos, yeah. webcasts, you know, lots and lots of good stuff to have a look at to get your head around. There's also an employer guide there, which you can download, and the employer guide has all of those kind of kind of detail about. Um, what to do in single-touch payroll in different situations and mm-hmm. how you handle finalisation at the end of year, all those sort of things we spoke about. Um, and then obviously your tax practitioner or bookkeeper um, is going to have access often through their association to some great material as well. All the associations have done a great job with this in terms of getting some really clear information out to support support them and support employers through this as well. And you've got the small business newsroom that you mentioned as well. I, again, I'm just going to give that a bit of a plug because it is incredibly accessible and easy yep. to read. Those can come out in via email or you can just go in and, and check out what the, the latest changes are. So, so hopefully um, this, this isn't going to be too much of a moving beast. We know basically what's happening. It's, it's, it's beginning to be rolled out. It is going to affect anybody who employs staff. Um, I would just note as well, it also, employ, it also has an effect on people who are directors, who only employ themselves. Um, that's an important thing to note. You still have to be um, single-touch payroll compliant, which is very important. And um, look, I think that there's, the ATO is doing a really uh, good job of trying to get the information out there as well to, to small business owners. It's yeah. not such a big deal. It's, it's, be it's not such a big deal. And if you've got concerns, as I said, or you need more time, mm. there's information on the website about deferrals and things as well. So as I said, we've been quite flexible, um, acknowledging that everyone's got you know different challenges, got other things going on in their business. 
all sorts of reasons what which might you know, mean they need a bit extra time, particularly if you know within that twenty or more group at the moment. But mm. we'll have the same approach when we get to small business. Exactly. Look, and thank you very much for coming on the program today, John, because I think um, having this face to face discussion is really valuable. And we talked about uh, the rollout. We talked about how the HO is going to be in advising people and some really practical strategies today to get that single touch payroll compliance happening in your business. I really appreciate you having me. I love coming out and talking um, and talking to business particularly. So having, you know, being able to talk on your station has been fantastic. So thank you. Thank you, John. Now, of course, if you missed any of today's program, you can catch up on smallbizmatters.com.au where you can listen to up to 200 of our local podcasts and we're also rolling them all out on iTunes as well uh, via the single uh, Small Biz Matters I nearly said single touch payroll podcast. Let's eh? rename it. Let's rename it. Hey, <laughs> get the word out further. <laughs> uh, Small Biz Matters on iTunes is now available as well where you can listen to the entire podcast. Next week on Small Biz Matters, we're going to have another fantastic guest. Oh, that was a bit coming in, George Michael, onto my show. Um, we're going to have another fantastic guest on Small Biz Matters as well next week, so make sure you join us. And uh, obviously lots of experts coming on the show too. If you've got piece of expertise you'd like to share get in touch and we'll have you on the program as well you've been listening to small biz matters the half hour program where you work on your business rather than in it my name's alexi boyd i'll see you all next week